Hello, everyone. Welcome to Typhoon Talks, brought to you by Typhoon Consulting, a boutique management consultancy headquartered in Hong Kong. And I'm Chen Yang. Today, I'm joined by my co-host Becky and our guest speaker Arthur to discuss how PI can be used to support succession planning. We will also touch on how the PI complements other market instruments available to HR professionals. Hi, Chen. Hi, Becky. It's great to be back. Hi, everyone. So to start us off. Why don't you start by telling us, Arthur, how the PI uh, relates to promotion and succession planning? Sure thing, Becky. So, um, recap from last episode, we were talking about how to inspire employees, and for this episode, I really want to focus on as employees grow into、uh, new roles, so taking on succession and becoming promoted. How do they retire from their current role and step up into their next role? So. Uh, for today's discussion, I really want to focus on how the PI as a tool can enable that succession planning and help with forecasting where employees are headed in terms of their trajectory, and more importantly, what are the important tools and levers that are available、uh, for them to be successful in their next role. So let me touch on a bit on how,、um, from a succession planning, how that would work.、Um, One thing that's really important from workforce planning is that you don't actually think about promotion after the fact.、Uh, like any organisations, as a business grows, you should have a view of who are your high potential performers, and as the business business grows, which new roles are emerging, and you should be forecasting six, twelve, twenty-four months ahead、uh, the role requirements. And we talked a bit about the PI and how the pattern can help create job design. And if you can see、um, those roles evolving from one point to another, then that allows you to have a,、uh, a better outcome for what the new role will entail. Can you give us some examples of how the PI support better promotion and succession planning practice? Sure thing, Chen. So I think the first thing to acknowledge for any type of promotion is that、uh, your your candidates or your employees will take on greater responsibilities.、Uh, what what does that mean? Normally, greater responsibility means that they may have to develop more people leadership or line manager accountability. So, the first thing to be aware of is for many staff members who are being promoted, they may not have had opportunities to lead or manage people. So, they may have come from an individual contributor role and could be a first-time line manager role, or they may be promoted in a way that、uh, previously they had a very small span of control, maybe a small team of three to five employees, and they're stepping up to say. Five to ten.、Uh, sometimes you'll be in a role where you become a leader of leaders, so you are managing a team of managers who then have、um, direct reports as well. And one thing that's important is that we need to understand if those candidates are ready. So the case for promotion may be because they have done a stellar job in terms of delivering great. Outcomes on an individual basis,、uh, strong technical expertise, understanding、um, you know the industry and domain quite well. But where they may lack would be、um, potentially how to manage and influence others, some of the softer skills.、Uh, managing people is very different to managing tasks. So、uh, how you manage、uh, risk and reward for employees, the way you communicate and influence. Again, a lot of these skills usually come from.、Um, Learning on the job, and if your employees haven't had the exposure、uh, to gain that, then whilst they may be ready for the promotion technically, they may need some time to get ready for that new role. 
What's really important here is the PI can be used as part of that transition state. So prior to someone getting ready for a promotion and during that, there's what we call a step up plan, which enables them to get ready for those new roles. Uh, so one thing I do want to talk a bit about is on promotion readiness. So how do you get ready for that? Uh, I guess uh, working with your current manager, what's really important in terms of creating a detailed and structured plan for the activities to demonstrate that you are ready for that new role. Um, one good tip that the PI and, and general HR provides is creating a safe environment where people can practice uh, in a non-judgmental area and pilot their leadership or new responsibilities prior to taking on the new responsibilities. Um, job shadowing is also very important. So following someone by learning by seeing, learning by doing, and learning by getting feedback and using that cycle to improve uh, job performance as well. I think one final part about promotion planning is also what is the checkpoint after promotion, whether it be six months or 12 months, to make sure that expectations are being met. Because uh, when, when staff are being promoted, or have been promoted, the expectations will differ. So making sure that the trajectory is nice and healthy and within the expectations of the organisation is very important. So that's how I would summarise how PI is very important uh, from a promotion planning perspective and succession planning perspective. What happened in a lot of companies is that people get promoted because they've been with the company for long enough time. Yes. So they are promoted not based on their capabilities, they are promoted based on their experience. And that's the time when they, are, they move to the next position. It's very hard for them to manage a bigger team in a new role. Yes, that's a fair observation, Chen. I think um, really depends on the culture of the organisation. So some organisations really uh, reward based on meritocracy. So it doesn't matter how long you've been in a role, as long as you've demonstrated that you've met the requirements above and beyond your current job, then you'll be invited to be promoted or you may be able to uh, take on greater responsibilities, whether it be a vertical movement or a horizontal movement. There are some organisations, though, that do work in a tiered and cohort-based promotion um, uh, a basis, I would say. Some of your longer, larging, established organisations uh, that have a culture and heritage of, you know, you need to demonstrate uh, what I call resilience and loyalty to the company, which is a fair input, yeah. um, so that you can then be considered for promotion. Uh, how could you use the PI to maximise your chances for, for getting the, the best out of the environment? So in an environment where I say it's meritocracy, perhaps the culture, your founder or your CEO, your manager, has what we call a low C. So re recap to the previous episodes, lower C means low level of patience, a more hurried, um, intense, market responsive approach to pacing and tempo. So more likely to allow people to move quickly in an organisation. Uh, we use the term putting people into the deep end straight away. But on the flip side, if you have an organisation that has a characteristic of a high C behaviour, so it's about stability, repetition, loyalty is very important and loyalty can only come from moments of truth and time and grit in an organisation, then you know that as part of the promotion criteria, um, that will be more important relative to some of the other factors that we've spoken about. Yeah.
So we've kind of heard a lot about how the PI is really useful as, as a communication tool, especially around promotion and succession planning. What do you think are the key ingredients an organisation would need to bear in mind to make it more likely to be successful in this role? Good question, Becky, and I think it is the million dollar question. Um, I think success really is defined by the organisation, and I don't think it's actually specific to the, the PI tool. Um, I, I do find that uh, these instruments become very powerful when it is a common language. So if you, uh, if you being the candidate um, ready for promotion, can share your PI style, your, your, your drive, your, your behaviours to your manager. Um, the manager can then understand your strengths, your weaknesses, your ability to influence and your natural style so that ideally your manager can work with you for the, the right step up plan and create that environment. A good example would be um, understanding risk profile. I think that's very important as new um, managers step up into new responsibilities, there will be a slight change to the risk appetite that's required. Um, normally, it's fair to say that organized, uh, people who step up into more senior levels have to deal with more ambiguity. So it's about their ability to respond well in that environment. Um, I think accessibility to coaches, mentors and sponsors uh, to best match the needs of the individual are, are very important here. Um, so coaches will provide the right guidance and steering. Uh, it could be capability related, it could be about other more confidential topics. Uh, finding the right mentors in your organisation to give you the, the career guidance to think what in addition to your current role you need to think about for your next step up. And, and sponsors, so sponsors are the people who help you make things happen, to make you, uh, to help you remove roadblocks, to advocate for your cause when, when there are difficult times ahead. So if the combination of these three very important uh, players uh, in your career have a good view of your PI pattern, then more information is obviously better. Uh, I think also in today's day and age, coaching, mentoring and sponsorship takes time and effort. Uh, you know, it's a reciprocal relationship, but uh, it is my observation in Typhoon at least that uh, good coaches, mentors and sponsors are very hard to come by. You tend to have a very top tier of excellent people uh, who are very time poor. So how can you get the best use of their time in the most efficient manner? Again, having some tool like the PI, which is a very short executive summary that can describe, you know, around 20% of the person, um, but it's the hidden part can really help them to craft those conversations that become much more meaningful and uh, sustainable over time as well. So that's where I find uh, how the PI can not just be used at managing where you are today, but with your, I guess, your allies to make sure that they can give you the best, uh, the best advice they can give you. Can you give us one example how you use PI in mentoring? In mentoring, sure. Um, I guess uh, some of the client work we've had is we do have executives who've transitioned between roles. And uh, one example would be uh, sometimes executives may move from a, uh, a once a single P&L profit and responsibility role to a multi P&L role, or they've moved from, especially in this part of the world in, in Hong Kong, where it's a single entity line, maybe Hong Kong, Greater China, to a more regional role. So, you know, executives have really stepped up in terms of their spans of control and roles and responsibilities, and they will be dealing with the unknown. So. 
from a PI perspective, we can understand for a particular executive, what is their response to ambiguity? What is their response to their willingness to delegate and how far they're willing to delegate? What is their response for uh, needing to collaborate with, uh, I guess, the immediate direct reports and those who are a bit more removed? You know, executives who have 50 to 100 to maybe, you know, up to 200 direct reports. The type of leadership and style can be very different. So projecting that um, uh, type of leadership, so not just one to few, but one to manage. So workforce management becomes very different. So the mentoring that you give is a very different conversation around your roles have grown, you therefore you need new skills. It's normally less about skills now, but more about how do you then um, delegate or use the leaders around you to, to drive the right outcomes. Yeah, when you move upper, it's more about art in management instead of hard skills. Um, and do you have do you, have you noticed any pattern in senior leadership? What kind of PI patterns have they got? Ooh, tempting question. Uh, the answer is relative is no. Um, so relative to other instruments that have a suggested uh, leadership style pattern, I remember the PI is measuring motivations and drives. So it doesn't talk about leadership per se because leadership style is unique to you depending on where you sit on the spectrum. So even if you have, a, I remember factor A, which is a measure of dominance, you can lead from the front, I would say, the front charger, the, we use the term the captain or the maverick, be seen as the leader. And then there are leaders who like to be behind the scenes, more um, the king players, you know, like to influence and put others in front, but still wield a lot of authority and, and, and power. So I don't think the PI can be a proxy for leadership or whether leadership is successful. What's more important is that if you know what is true to you, I call it your authentic style, and you don't deviate from that over time, and you're relatively consistent over time, one thing is certain, you can read papers on you know, the Harvard Business Review, authentic leadership is what's really important, and people will see that, and that is what uh, will be remembered and, and forms part of your, your leadership legacy. Right. You said that PI only accounts for 20% of a person, um, and there, there are a lot of other instruments out there in the market. So how, how does the PI complement other human capital instruments? Sure, Chen. So remember the PI, as I first introduced in the first episode, was a measure of drives and behaviours, and we call it an assessment, an instrument, but it's not a per se personality test. Um, so I think the benefit of the PI is if you understand what drives someone, you have motivational levers that, that you can pull. Um, so that's only one very small, as you said, 20% facet of, of the human of, of the human mind. Uh, there are other tools which are very complementary, which we haven't touched on, but uh, Typhoon has the capability and uh, it's sometimes more prevailing in other organisations. So uh, there are behavioural assessments available. So the most common ones are the Myers-Briggs type indicator and uh, DISC. Um, I know a bit more about DISC and I feel that DISC has a very natural alignment to PI. So DISC talks a bit about personality styles and I think DISC also covers more in a group situation how people are more likely to behave. So uh, it gives you a bit more of a view of when someone's interacting in a particular environment, the dominant behavioural styles that will 
come through. And I think that's really important because at the end of the day, uh, you will be interacting with people. So understanding your behavior style in much more of a group setting is much more important than just behavior um, focused on an individual. Because perception is reality. You can't judge your own behavior. It will be others' perception of your behavior. So I think that's really important to, to acknowledge that there are a lot of behavioural profiling uh, instruments in the market and you know they're, they're useful uh, in, in that regard. Uh, the other one which is a, a favourite of mine is the Herman Brain Dominance Model, which is very much focused on thinking styles. So it's a dominant style that will come through uh, to talk a bit about uh, you know wh whether you, you, you know you're a conceptualiser organizer, you rely more on your emotional responses, etc. So thinking style is about preference over proficiency and thinking styles is not something that's touched on in the PI. So that is quite uh, important and gives you another dimension of uh, understanding an individual. So if you combine these instruments together, um, measuring drives and behaviors, understanding behavior and understanding thinking styles, what you've actually done is demystified the human, I call it decoding the human being, and what was a black box now becomes open effectively. And combined with understanding someone's skills, experience that they've accumulated, you get a much more clearer and complete picture of the, the human being. So as the last episode of this PI series, I want to ask a general question related to the PI as an instrument. So uh, I'm sure you have collected a lot of individual data. How does the institute utilize the data? Uh, sure, Chen. I think there's two parts. So uh, I think I've previously shared in, in previous episodes that Typhoon uses a PI as part of its recruitment process. And the, the results and the patterns help us on twofold. One, we have a clearer view of the candidates we're looking for, and we will refine that over time. So having data um, allows us to engage in continuous improvement and updates to our recruitment mes uh, messages and the talent that we're hiring. So I think that's really important. And without having data, it's actually very hard to um, you know, continually improve your internal processes. So I think that that's one key takeaway. For the data that we do collect for our clients, um, what's been really powerful, as I said in episode three about inspiring, which is team-based analytics. So using that to profile an entire team, giving that to leaders so they have a, a good view of diversity in their team and what that means. And one thing that uh, we may not have touched on is if you have a view of the team profile and you need to you know, bring someone new to the team, whether it's a new hire or you know, a secondee, and you've got that pattern, you can actually look at how this new individual will complement the rest of the team. So again, using these data points, you can actually drive much better decision making. But as a tool, there must be a bigger pool of all the data different that different consultants collected. So as a pool, there's a pool of data. There should be some general pattern regarding different gender, different hierarchy. Do you have this kind of statistics? Okay, um, good question, Chen. So um, my empirical evidence is that um, the the PI test for gender neutrality, age, ethnicity, language, etc., holds true. So there's no differentiation between gender, age, ethnicity, language, background. Um, you know, the PI was also calibrated so that it ensures that there, there's fair. Uh, application of tests so those who have learning or disability requirements aren't uh, disadvantaged or the results aren't skewed from the norm. So I think that's one thing that I want to re-emphasise because it's an important 
uh, trait of the PI that, that I see is very unique to the market. But more importantly, um, does it relate to job families and roles? Uh, yes, so the PI um, Institute has obviously looked at around 17 different job family profiles uh, and also some industry benchmarks as well. So for uh, people who haven't been exposed to the PI, I think it's a good baseline to understand uh, where people sit on the spectrum. I, I won't jump into the names of the details, but we've got Captain, Maverick, Collaborator, Persuasive Sales, Craftsman, Individualist, deep scientific analyst, uh, social worker. So there's a lot of job families and around 17 of them. Um, but more importantly, I think we talked about, there may be people who are more successful in consulting type roles, which require a variety of work and um, the ability to, to work in an ambiguous environment. And then uh, I tend to see finance accounting people, uh, compliance and regulatory people, uh, roles that are about protecting the company's interests sit in one bucket. Entrepreneurs have a very different flavour and style and it's mainly driven by their risk profile and you can see that come through as well. So in essence, Chen, I think the PI has allowed us to structure and create these job families because it's an easy way for us to relate these patterns to particular types. But in general, everyone is unique and comes back to, I guess, my my final message is people are complex, people are unique, but by understanding their pattern, we can get the best out of them at an individual level. I was just wondering whether, given what you just said, there's a scope for it to become part of careers advice in the future, as part of using people's profiles to advise them on what kind of job they might enjoy. I definitely think so, Becky, and I know that the PI is actually used in a lot of uh, learning and development organisations and is used as a, a career advice tool um, you know, I guess for people who are entering industry. And career advice is also relating to, I guess, today's topic, which is about, you know, promotion discussions. So uh, in an ideal situation, employees shouldn't be surprised that they're getting promoted. Uh, it's an ongoing discussion as part of uh, the performance review cycle. And I like to think that during your one-on-one -on -one conversations with your managers, there's going to be a few dimensions to look at, which is a task orientation. Are you meeting objectives and expectations? Uh, relationships, have you got the right leverage and input from people around you so you can perform well in your role? And the third thing is, as you're meeting these targets, uh, are there any growth challenges or things to be aware of that you can then address so that when you do step up into your new role, you're ready for that? So most definitely. And I think naturally, um, PI's, PI is very um, non-invasive. It's a very natural conversation, which naturally lends well to career counselling and career advisory. Okay, great. Um, so we've heard how retiring is about managing people uh, as part of the promotion and success planning within organisations. Um, like any role transition, this needs to be managed effectively for the organisation to be focused on delivering their business outcomes. The PI provides practitioners with tools to support these types of transitions within the organisation. That's right. So I think during these uh, transitions, it's important to uh, assess the candidate, which is the person, uh, relative to the role. And we've talked about using the PI to form job patterns to ensure that there's the right fit. Um, but also consider the, the ecosystem uh, of people and the allies available to, to, to the individuals. So the coaches, the mentors and the sponsors. I think that that's one key thing. Thanks, Chen, for helping us record this series. And um, please um, leave us some feedback on our website in terms of what are the topics you'd like to hear from a human capital perspective. And we obviously want to make sure that these topics are still remain relevant to our audience members. 
So Arthur, if our audience wants to know more about PI assessment, how can they get in touch with you? That's a good question, Chen. Um, feel free to connect with us at uh, www.typhoonconsulting.com. Fill in an inquiry form uh, requesting uh, a bit more information about the PI and happy to have a more detailed conversation at an individual level and how the PI can support your organisation. That's great. That's all the time we have today. Follow us on Twitter at Typhoon Bus, iTunes and SoundCloud at Typhoon Talks for podcast episodes. Also, welcome to visit our website for more industry point of views. We hope you will join us again next time. Bye.